Good morning, everybody. My name is Luke, and I'm one of the pastors and part of our teaching team. And uh, one of my favorite parts of Fuse is watching all the mentors drag themselves in after staying up later than they do all weekend. So we give it up for the mentors and say thanks to them. Way to go. We will be back in our series in the book of Ephesians next week, actually talking about marriage, and so that's where we'll pick up next week. But as Josh said today, I'm going to talk specifically to the students while everyone else listens in. And so students, look up here, because I'm talking to you. Hey, listen, I love you. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I love you guys, and I just think that um, God has so much in store for you, and anybody who doubts you doesn't know you. Because as I get to know you and as we get to know you as leaders and adults, it's like God is just, it's so cool what God is doing and is going to keep doing through you. And you have no idea how big of the plans he might have for you if you would just open yourself to him in, in significant ways. And so um, it's fun to watch you grow. It's fun to watch you grow up. And that's kind of what we're talking about today because you are growing up. Um, and I've been in your shoes, believe it or not. At one point, I was a middle schooler. And uh, then a high schooler. And so I want to actually show you some photo evidence of that. So uh, this is when I was in seventh grade, I believe. And notice the braided belt. That's uh, pretty sweet. And I think this is the only time I wore this sweatshirt. This is like the kind you get from a relative. And you're like, I guess I'll take the picture. But I don't think I ever wore that. But maybe, maybe I did. And those glasses are actually coming back these days. Those are kind of sweet. So uh, I kind of look like Judah Smith in that picture. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then here's a, another picture from high school. I'm, you know, when I was, or this was eighth grade. Eighth grade, I was on a baseball trip and just a goober like a bunch of you guys that I hung out with yesterday. And then got into high school and I really advanced uh, significantly. <laughs> I was a dare role model, as you can tell. And so I've been in your shoes, and I know what it is to grow up, and I know the kind of ways you're growing up. I mean, you're getting more and more responsibility. You're getting more and more freedom. Uh, many of you already, even years ago, already got some technology, and you get devices, and with that comes responsibility and some freedom, but also some restrictions. Some of you are starting to get jobs for the first time. Some of you, especially those of you like maybe in sixth grade, you're starting to be able to stay home alone maybe from time to time. And there's just kind of more stuff that you're getting to do. And in a couple years, some of you will be learning to drive. Some of you will just be getting more and more responsibility. And here's what I know is it's not just that you are growing up, it's that you want to grow up. Don't you? No? <laughs> All right. Everybody hand in your phones then if you don't want to grow up. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not so much. No, you, you want to grow up. You want choices. You want more freedom. You want responsibility. You want your own stuff. Right? You don't want to just share everything. You don't want to always wear hand-me-downs forever. Amen? You want some authority in your decision-making. Right? Some of you, especially sixth graders, like you don't want to eat off the kids' menu anymore, right? Like, let me order a real meal. Um, Right, so you want that kind of responsibility. And here's what I want to tell you. That's a good thing. It's a good thing that you want to grow up. You're made in the image of God. And God is a God who owns everything. God is a God who's responsible. God is a God who's independent. God is a God who is able to make good and wise decisions. You're made in the image of that God. And so it's completely natural and normal that you would want to grow in responsibility and in choices and in freedom and that sort of a thing. In fact, Luke 2 verse 52 says that Jesus grew up in wisdom and stature 
with God and men. So Jesus went through this very process. So you growing up is just exactly what Jesus went through. And here's what I know. I know that it bothers you when adults try to get you from growing up. It bothers you when adults treat you like you're little, doesn't it? Like, like it, it bothers you when they kind of go, I just remember when you were so cute and so little, and right, and your family members who still like squeeze your cheeks, and I remember when you were just this big, and you're like, come on, I'm growing up. And so that, that, that bothers you. It bothers you when people try to treat you like you can't really make good decisions. And they say, hey, we, we trust you. We just don't trust your friends. And we just don't trust the environment. And you're like, come on, like you're treating me like a little kid. And, and that's how you feel. It bothers you when adults try to resist you growing up. But here's what you need to know. And some of you maybe already feel this if you're like not all that into growing up. Is that growing up has its downsides. Adults... Does growing up have its downsides? <laughs> it does. There's a lot more worry when you're more responsible. There's a lot more pressure when people are looking and counting on you for stuff. In the notorious B.I.G., the prophet, he said, Mo money, mo problems. The more responsibility, the more authority, the more stuff you have, the more you've got to keep track of. You also, as you grow up, you become more and more image conscious. Like even right now, some of you are just thinking like, how can I look cool? Like I, I want to look kind of like I'm kind of into this, but not totally because I want to be like kind of a little detached, you know? And like that's, that's just how you start to be as you're growing up. And, and so you start to get a little more cynical. You start to go, well, I know how the world really is. You start to kind of want to keep people at arm's length because you, you got to be cool. There's some downsides to that. And here's what I want to talk about today is I want to talk today about what might be one of the biggest downsides of growing up. And that is that growing up can actually be a threat to your closeness to God. The way I've asked the question is this, what if one of the biggest threats to growing in faith is growing up? You might go, wait, 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 I thought I'm supposed to grow up in faith. Because Paul and the apostles and, and Jesus and all these people talked all the time about how you're supposed to grow in your faith. Aren't I supposed to grow up in my faith? And the answer is, of course, you're supposed to grow up in your faith. And you're supposed to mature in your faith. And that is getting closer and closer to God. But here's the thing. One of the biggest threats to you growing up in faith, to you growing close to God, is growing up. It's trying to act like you're more mature than you are. That's what Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 10. So if you have your Bible, look again there with me. In Mark chapter 10, it says this, and they were bringing children to Jesus that he might touch them. The word children there is a word that means little children. It could be translated infants, babies, little kids, toddlers. So you 10 years ago, that's what it's talking about. The other kids that are down this hallway that are crying right now, that are playing with toys, that are fighting over stuff, like those are the people he's talking about, the little kids, little, little kids. And they were bringing these little, bitty, helpless, weak children to him. They were bringing children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. The disciples said, hey, hey, kids, get out of here. We don't have time for you. This, don't you know how important this Jesus guy is? Keep, keep, keep your distance. Come on. Don't, you can't climb up on his lap. No, 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 no. Well, this makes Jesus very upset. Look at verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant 
That means he was angry. He was furious. When Jesus saw the way they were treating these kids, he was furious and said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Then here's the key verse. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. Focus again on verse 15. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, like a little infant, like a helpless, weak little kid can't enter it. Here's the thing. One of the biggest threats to you entering into relationship with God and growing in relationship with God is growing up where you think you're more mature and you don't need to come to Jesus like a little child anymore. And Jesus says, the only way you get to come to me is if you come like a little child. If you don't come like a little weak infant, you can't come. This is the way you enter the kingdom. So I want to do a little bit of reflecting together with you today on what it looks like to come to Jesus as a child. If one of the biggest threats to growing up in the faith is growing up, then how do we come not as mature, have it all together, grown-up people, but how do we come as the little children that Jesus tells us to be? That's what we're going to look at. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. And how you speak to us in Christ, we ask you, Lord, that you would have all of our hearts be open to how you want to invite us to come to you. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. So we're thinking, okay, what do children, what are little kids like? Not you guys, but you guys 10 years ago. Uh, what are the little kids, what, what are they like? And so here's the first thing that we need to do if we're going to come to Jesus is we need to come honest. We need to come honest. I want to show you a picture of my four-year-old Mary. Mary's a little kid. She's exactly what Jesus is talking about. Isn't she cute? She is so cute. Um, I'll get your number after and you can babysit. That'd be great if you want to do that. Um, but she is so cute and like this is just, she is as happy as that picture looks most of the time. And uh, we had this great thing about a month ago. I was with Mary and with my two older daughters who are 12 and 9. And we were at Costco, and we were sitting there in the food court like we often do and having lunch, and we had kind of wrapped up. And this woman behind, the, behind Mary um, had this big thing of Costco muffins. You ever seen the thing of Costco muffins? Right? Like, oh, man, it's like dessert for weeks, right? It just looks incredible. No, I mean breakfast, right? But, but it looks incredible. And so she saw it, and she was kind of up on her knees, and she saw it, and she turned around, and she said, Daddy, do you see those muffins? Yeah, they look pretty good, don't they? And so she went over, she got down from her seat, went over to the table behind her and climbed up on it and looked at the lady and said, can I have one of your muffins? <laughs> and you know what the lady said? No, you can't have one of my muffins. I was like, you horrible person. <laughs> have a soul. I mean, what is wrong with you? But, but the person said no and Mary came back and, and my older two daughters, 12 and 9, were like horrified. Oh my gosh, Mary, don't you know you're not supposed to? That's so rude. That's so rude. And I was like, hey guys, stop it. Stop it. She's being a little kid. And little kids are honest. I want that. Can I have it? No. And they kind of expect that the answer will probably be yes. So I'll just ask. Come honest. Will you come honest with the Lord? Will you, that's what it is to be authentic. Sometimes we think authentic is like I create this image of myself and then I powerfully tell everyone what it is. That's not authenticity. Authenticity is being honest. And you know what? 
Get this, students. Jesus loves authentic people. Jesus loves honest people. Let me tell you a story from the Gospel of John chapter 1. There's this place in John 1 where Jesus is kind of beginning to gather up some disciples, some people who are going to follow him. One of them is Philip, and Philip is really impressed with Jesus. He's so impressed with Jesus that he goes to all of his friends and says, oh my gosh, I think we found the Messiah. I think we found the anointed one. I think we found the one we've been hoping for. And one of the people he tells is, is, uh, is Nathaniel. And Nathaniel goes, well, where's, where's he from? And he says he's from Nazareth. Now, Nazareth would be like in our world, like, I don't know, Casa Grande or Coolidge or Yuma, right? Like, not impressive. And so Nathaniel goes, whoa, whoa, Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? You gotta be kidding, Philip. But he gets up and he comes and he comes near Jesus. Well, it's funny because a couple of verses later, you can almost hear Jesus smiling in the pages as you read it. Because Jesus sees him and says, Nathaniel, a true Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Forget the fact that Nathaniel had just insulted all of Jesus' family, all of Jesus' friends, all of the people Jesus knew, Nazareth. What good could come from there? Jesus isn't upset about that. He doesn't say, how dare you talk about my people like that? No, instead he goes, I love this guy. He's honest. He says what he thinks. A true Israelite in whom there's no deceit. What do you want? all these places where people encounter Jesus and Jesus says, hey, hey, what do you want me to do for you? If Jesus came to you and said, what do you, what do you want me to do for you? What would you tell him? Be honest. Tell him. Where are you disappointed? Where did you hope life would be here and instead life's here? Tell him. Where are you doubting? What are the things you go, I just don't know if I can believe that. Tell him. It's actually faith to lean into Jesus when you have doubts and tell him. What makes you angry? What makes you frustrated? Who are you really as you're wrestling with who am I? Tell him. Be honest. Come honest. Now, you might be asking, wait a minute, what what if I think about who I am and what I want and where I'm disappointed and all my doubts, and I think of all that stuff, and I realize, like, oh my gosh, I'm like a total mess. Good news. (laughs) Because the second thing that children do is they come messy. Children come messy. Just think about it. Children are a mess. (laughs) Moms, amen out there? (laughs) Some of you are like, oh my gosh, my life is just like wiping drool off faces and food off stuff and I just live in the laundry room and like my whole world like looks like a bomb went off and there's just hair everywhere. That's what it is to be around little kids. My uh, nine-year-old daughter, when she was four, one day, so she was the age that Mary is, same thing, little kid, and we said, hey, uh, Caitlin, why don't you go ahead and uh, pick out your clothes for today? What do you want to wear? And so here's what she came up with. And look at that. I mean, that's like, in her mind, she's like, finally, I get to wear what I want. Like, this, finally, I look good, you know? But we look at that, and we're like, oh, that's so cute. She's such a mess. And that's, that's how little kids are. They, they don't care that, that every part of that clashes. I mean, they don't care about that. It's just like, hey, this is what I think looks good, and I come as a mess. Now, here's the thing. That's cute when you're four. 
But when you're 14, it's like, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to be a mess. I don't want to be the kind of person that people would see a picture and think, oh, <laughs> that's funny. I don't, I don't, like, I don't want that, right? And so, and so everything in you when you're 14 is telling you, don't be a mess. Have it together, look the part, act the part, do the things that I need to do. I don't want to be a mess. Even if I am going to be a mess, I'm going to try to be a bold mess so that everyone knows what an image I have as a messy person, right? Like, but it's just so hard to just embrace all the awkwardness and, and, and oddness that you feel. And that's why... One of the biggest threats to growing up in the faith is growing up. Because the more you try to act like you're not a mess, the more you can't come to Jesus. Get this. It is not that it's an option that if you're a mess, you can come to Jesus. No, Jesus actually says, you can't come unless you're a mess. Look at what he says in verse 15. Actually, we'll, just, we'll read the whole, uh, starting in verse uh, 14. We'll read this and we can put it on the screen. Jesus said to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. And then get this. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Get this. It's not that Jesus is saying, well, good news. There's people that have their life together. They're already in. And then there's an option for you messy people. You can also come. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you think you got it together, you don't. I came not for the healthy people, but for the sick. If you can't come like a child, you can't come. And so we have to come messy. What if we substituted the word mess for every place he talks about children? Because if you've been around little kids, you know they're a mess. Look at what it would look like. Jesus said to them, let the mess come to me. Do not hinder the mess, for to such mess belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a mess shall not enter it. And he took the mess in his arms and blessed the mess, laying his hands on them. There's a good prayer. Lord, bless this mess. Bless this mess. If you can't come like a mess, you're going to always keep Jesus at arm's length. You're not going to be able to actually enter the kingdom. You're going to always feel like you're kind of on the outside looking in. You have to come like a mess. Maybe your life is a mess. Maybe your grades are a mess. Maybe your family is a mess. Maybe your faith feels like a mess. Maybe your friendships feel like a mess. Maybe your sexuality feels like a mess. Maybe your confidence and your habits feel like a mess. Maybe you just feel like a mess. Good news. Come to Jesus. He's ready. His arms are open wide. He's saying, you're the very reason I came. Now, some of you are like, oh my gosh, this is incredible news because I know I'm a mess. Some of you are like, well, yeah, but I'm not much of a mess. Really? Then why are you so insecure? Then why so much of the time are you so worried about what everybody thinks? Why are you so fake? Why are you so anxious? See, all that stuff is 
just evidence that you're a mess. So will you humble yourself and will you admit it? Because if you can't humble it yourself and you can't admit it and you can't realize that you're a mess, you can't come to Jesus. He came to heal your mess. This is why Jesus came. Think about it. Jesus left a messless place and he entered in Bethlehem in a mess, a, 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 a stable, a barn, literally a mess. And Jesus came to inhabit our mess, to live among our mess, to sympathize with our mess. Jesus died on the cross, though he was messless, to absorb our mess, our sin, and all of the punishment that it deserved. Jesus rose from the grave to give us confidence that someday he would remove our mess. And Jesus promises to return again, to turn our mess to transform it, to redeem it, to renew it into something beautiful. That's the gospel. Jesus came. If you're a mess, turn to him. He'll have you. But here's the third thing you need to see is that kids, little children, they keep coming. They keep coming. I showed you Mary earlier. One of the things Mary loves is gum. And if there's a pack of gum in our house, Hey, Daddy, hey, Daddy, uh, can I have a piece of gum? Not right now, honey. Five minutes later. Uh, Daddy, can I have a piece of gum? Honey, not right now. We're about to have dinner. As soon as dinner's over. Uh, Daddy, can I have a piece of gum? I mean, little kids, again, they're honest, they're messy. They, and here's the thing. Little kids expect that eventually they're going to hear Yes. That's why they keep asking. Listen, to come to Jesus like a child is to come saying, I know you love me, Father. And you might say wait or you might say no, but I'm going to keep coming because I know you're for me. I know you've entered my mess. I know that you want what's good and best for me. And so I'm going to keep coming even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when I doubt. I'm going to keep coming. See, some of you... You've had moments where you go, oh, I'm a mess. And you have other moments where you go, well, I don't know if I am. Keep coming. Keep being honest. Keep being messy. Keep coming to the Lord. That's what it is to enter like a child. Jesus said, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Here's what I'm aware of. I'm aware that some of you have never entered the kingdom of God. I'm aware that some of you have not ever been honest. You've not ever been willing to admit your mess. And here I'm not just talking to people in light blue shirts. Some of you are too grown up and you have it too together and you're too comfortable because your money and your status and your experience and your history can get you out of the problems you're in. And so you are outside the kingdom looking in. And this is the invitation where Jesus is saying, come to me. The prerequisite, come weary, come heavy laden, come messy, come to me. I'll receive your mess. And so I want to lead you if you feel like God's talking to me right now. I need to respond to this. I want to lead you in an opportunity to pray, to trust in Christ, to come to him messy. If you feel like God's spirit is speaking to you, then pray along with me here in just a moment. Not out loud, but just by yourself. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you that you welcome us. We thank you that you invite us to come even when we're a mess. And God, I want to pray specifically. I want to lead those specifically right now who need to come to you in, in faith and in trust. So if that's you, I want you to pray this along with me. Say, Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he came for a mess like me. God, when I'm honest, I know that I'm a mess. I know that I've sinned. I've rebelled. I've done things you tell me not to do, and I've overlooked things you've told me to do. I need your forgiveness. I need you to cleanse my heart. I need you to make me new. And even though I have lots of questions, even though there's much I don't understand, I see that Jesus is the answer to my mess. Thank you that he came. Thank you that he died. Thank you that he rose. Thank you that he's coming again. God, I turn my mess over to you. And I want to keep coming to you all the days of my life. I commit myself to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want you to know that we love you. And we want you to talk to somebody. Maybe it's a mentor. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's someone who brought you. Maybe it's someone you see walking around in a blue shirt. God is with us, as Josh said. God is on the move. We're going to keep celebrating that now.